Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Well, there was some fair there, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen posts on Tumblr, joined with Guile. Hi, I'm Guile, Guile and Subterfuge on Tumblr. Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho, Clotho Spindle on Tumblr. Eon. Hey, this is Eon, I am Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. And our ice-loving friend, Kama Splice. <laughs> Hi, this is Kama, Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr. And uh, we're, this is live cast, so we're, we're crazy fuckers doing another live Woo-hoo. cast. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're doing a recap episode of season six, and possibly maybe a little bit of uh, speculation into season seven for Game of Thrones. As always, we spoil everything, books and show, so heads up about that. And I just want to thank everybody in advance for going ahead and sending in all those questions and comments. We got a lot, and we're going to try to get to them all in under an hour. Um, So our first question comes from Ruhail off of Twitter. Why did every northern lord associated with Stannis and A Dance with Dragons and beyond get cut or twisted in this season for Sass Girl? Because they hate me. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Because no, I'm um, I'm not serious. No, it. I don't think they're as interested in that as I think they felt they were sufficiently political enough with King's Landing. They didn't need to go there, or or they just it, the story just got beyond them is probably the most likely answer. So they didn't want to bog us down with politics in a whole other region. It would have been a lot of people for us to get familiar with, too, that they hadn't spent a lot of time with, right? Well, I think if you if they would have, um, you know, I think it, it kind of comes down to if they would have had Jane being Jane instead of Sansa being Jane, then you would have had the political story because you would have had to, like, the guts of that story wouldn't have been, like, the emotional story, maybe. And so you would have had the political story with Theon, et cetera, where you would have had the Northern Lords be a bigger part of it. But since it was Sansa, um, you know, it wasn't it was an emotional story, not a political one. It's hard because I I love the political story of the North in A Dance with Dragons, and I would have liked to have seen that um, on the screen. (laughs) (laughs) I have to throw in some comments from the room already. Um, Wonkin says, because season six would have been 20 hours long if we explored every northern lord. (laughs) That sounds like vaguely dirty. (laughs) All I can say is if we had had real Wyman Manderly, it totally would have been worth it. Not not that dude who sat there in the the room and looked shaved. I mean real Wyman Manderly. Well, and I think Barbary Dustin is exactly, you know, unfortunately it's the type of character that i think D like write really well like they kind of write that crusty the crusty oh, yeah. old bitter lady like super mm-hmm. like they have a knack for it so it's a, a shame mm-hmm. that they didn't get to have her because i think yeah, they could have yeah. done a good job with her well i have yeah. to agree with uh danny in that liana mormont is awesome or sass girl as ruhale calls her <laughs> all right next one we have nat from Twitter as well. And the question is, where do you think Melisandre is going? There's like a, a few bits. So we're going to start with that one. I think she's going to find Gendry. She's going to find his, his rowboat. Hmm. She won't keep rowing Gendry. That's all I got to say. Well, if he keeps rowing, there's a chance he's still alive and we won't have to endure that. But no, I'm assuming she's going to meet up with the Brotherhood without banners. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's think, what Nat continues to say as well. She that's her theory that she's going to meet up with them. And I mean, anyone she, disagree? I mean, she thought she was going to see Arya again as well. So it sort of seems like the whole Arya Sandor um, BWB gang is all going to meet up with um, with Mel. Is it to resurrect uh, Stoneheart? <laughs> Stoneheart. I know Lord you want her. I, I want her too. I've finally given up on the Stoneheart hype. It, I never will. Me. 
<laughs> not until those last end credits roll will I give up hope. <laughs> and even then, you stick around after the credits. Everyone knows. She'll be like the one-minute sequence at the end, the epilogue. <laughs> she'll, be, picture- she'll be making one of those, like, those, uh, what was that thing she was weaving? She'll be weaving one of those stars. Oh, that little crap thingy? Yeah. I, I just, I'm, I've got this image now of Lot in her living room, just sort of holding on. Wait, wait, making Mister Lot watch the entire end credits. It's like, a and Marvel. then going, "You fucker!" <laughs> I'm never wrong. <laughs> okay, let's go on to the next question. This one came in through Tumblr from Attention Deficit Aptitude. So Sander and Brienne are both headed north to serve Sans again. How awkward is that reunion going to be? Or do you think Sander will be like, well, we're cool. I get why you almost killed me. Water under the bridge. And how will Sansa respond to the knowledge that her sister is still out there somewhere murdering people? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awkward. <laughs> well, I mean... You know, it's like Sander gave as good as he got, I guess. Like, I feel like he sort of has a respect for Brienne. And he did tell Arya to find her. So I think, um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think he's cool. He'd be cool with it. The way information's been flowing in this um, series, though, do you think she's ever going to find out <laughs> <laughs> that that Arya's alive? Yeah. I she mean, there's a really, like, I'm sure you're going to get to it later, but... Um, Fugita asked a really good question and it made me think she asked it about one particular character and it kind of made me think about it in terms of other characters though and it was you know what what does this one character actually want and I, I thought of it in terms of Arya which I think goes along with Sander as well like I don't know that she wants to go home more than she wants to get revenge and so that um, that kind of plays into where you know where Arya might be headed if she wants to go home, she goes north. If she wants revenge, she goes south. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So she might not, you know, she might only be with the hound for a small amount of time. Mm-hmm. Unless the hound well, also goes south for, you know, Clay Game Ball. Yeah. That, you'll I be waiting for be Stoneheart at the end of, of your... the season, and I'll be waiting for Clay Game Ball still. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I bet you I get mine before you get yours. <laughs> I don't I, I'm betting on me before you. Too. <laughs> I think you guys better hold out hope for the remake whenever that inevitably happens. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you mentioned Fugita's email and hers was next. And it was, what does Sansa want? Um, the follow-up question to that was, what steps has she taken to achieve these goals? Is she really supposed to be becoming a player? What skills has she developed since we first met her? And she says, I'm having a lot of trouble understanding her arc, at least as it is portrayed on the show. Looking forward to hearing your insights. I thought this was such a good question, by the way. It is. Um, and and it, again, it like made me think of it, okay, what do all the other characters want? And it's sort of like a way, It's to me, it's also a way to evaluate the writing. Like, can I articulate what I think characters want? And I, I think at this point, if I can, then that is, you know, I think the writing's been effective. And for Sansa, I mean... I kind of feel like I sort of can. Like, I think what she wants is to be safe. Like, she's chosen safety over power. Um, and her but safety if power is gets her safety, then that is what she'll do. Yeah. But, I mean, I think safety is her number, you know, safety is her number one. And I think John's, to a certain extent, is too. Like, he's chosen safety over freedom. He's chosen, you know, safety over over some other things that safety over love he's chosen it over a lot of things at this point so i think they're both in the same place right now but that could obviously change i thought it was interesting they gave her that line um about how like he'll keep you safe and she said you you know no one you you know you can't keep anybody safe or i think i'm paraphrasing it badly but i think she's figured out you know what she can't depend on anybody to do that, that she's got to be the one to get that for her. And I think if she figures that power is the way for her to achieve that measure of safety, that's what she'll do. At least show Sansa. Um, Book Sansa is a little too early to tell. Mm -hmm. Um, Book Sansa, I feel like actually might be more inclined to seek power for power. 
Well, I think regardless, I think the skill sets are similar. I think Sansa has, she's always been good with people. She knows how to read people, um, or at least she's learned how to do that a lot better. Um, I think those are, I mean, she's got a very political personality, if that makes sense. I mean, I think she's the type of person who could, you know, that that sort of manner that you kind of need to rule people, I think she could do that. And what I think she's learned from, you know, she's, I think we had a conversation, I don't know if it was on the podcast or or outside of it, just around, you know, if you look at some of the major characters and, you know, who they've learned leadership from, and Sansa's really an interesting one because her examples are so varied. You know, she has Ned, she has Littlefinger, she has Cersei and Marjorie, like all of these people have kind of shown her what leadership or what political power could be achieved and, and what you can do with it. And it'd be interesting to see how Sansa takes all of those lessons and applies them. Um, she's one of the people that has kind of a more varied lot of, you know, a lot of people that she's learned from than someone like Danny, for example, who, you know, really hasn't really had any mentors in that way at all. So it, well, it's interesting yeah, to see how each of them yeah, I guess that's true. Learn. And she even had Danny's learning by doing and Sansa's well, kind she of has learning Tyrion now. Yeah. Yeah. Danny yeah. has Tyrion well, and now. She had Drogo and, and she had her brother and but yeah, I, I think they're more consistently, you know, take grab smash kind of things and she's trying to figure out that's what she's been doing. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but those were her examples. Yeah. That's well, and how true. fun when you, you know, we talk about, you know, the, you know, there's been a lot of talk this season around, like, the feminism of Game of Thrones. And some of it, you know, I think it's fairly shallow. Like, oh, a woman's a queen. Well, you know, that's not really that deep of a thought. But when you think through, like, the character, you know, characters like Danny or Sansa and, mm-hmm. you know, thinking through, like, the examples and the mentorship they've had towards leadership, was, which is something in literature and and film that you see applied to men so often, but not really so much with women. It's kind of refreshing to think about like these mm-hmm. young women in those terms. Well, and they were always, if you, when I was doing my reread project, which I really need to get back to, um, when you start game of Thrones, I mean, Danny and Sansa are somewhat parallel. They're both being, you know, these arranged marriages, they're both young, you know, it's just different you know, the way things happen and how they approach it. But they are very much kind of paralleled, at least initially. That's an interesting thought. Um, I was going to ask, um, actually, you know, we've been on this one for a while, so I'm going to continue on with some of the questions. Um, This is an email from SY. Hello to everyone at Close the Door and Come Here. Thank you for all our... Thank you for continuing to entertain. Regarding Danny's stoned expression, I have a hypothesis you might like to consider. As I'm sure you've noticed, every interview with Amelia Clark treats us to a marvelous display of eyebrow gymnastics. <laughs> <laughs> to watch those two curious creatures that live on her forehead joust and covert can be so distracting that I sometimes don't listen to what she's saying. Yet she appears as Daenerys. These two normally hyperactive appendages seem to be frozen solid. Could she be using some form of Botox to tame those unruly beasts? <laughs> I hate to make such an accusation, but that would explain a lot. Oh my god, I love it. This is like the best email. Like, you guys, seriously, like, these were some of the best questions and emails ever. Like, this was a, I thought this was just, like, ingenious. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's a valid point to be made because one of our constant complaints with um, Amelia's portrayal of Danny is that it's very, um, there's nothing there. We're not getting anything from her. But as a person, she's very expressive. Um, I don't know. It's a constant point. Yeah, maybe someone told her that she needed to calm her expressions down. I don't know. Which is so sad because, yeah, she's like delightful in, you know, as herself. She no. did get, I don't know when the, well, no, that doesn't make any sense either because the reviews came out after the filming had um, finished for Game of Thrones. But that was something that a bunch of reviewers for that Me Before You or whatever the hell that movie was, um, she just did, were commenting on her eyebrows being kind of distracting. So <laughs> <laughs> that's just so funny. Oh, so I man. want to add, um, he also adds uh, Tyrion. 
Wow, I haven't had one of those in a while. Sorry. <laughs> she saves them up for live cast, people. It's a beard. <laughs> so, a live cast exclusive. Sorry. So S. White continues to um, say Tyrion falling for Danny is cheesy, but Danny falling for Tyrion would be way cool. <laughs> Never gonna happen. <laughs> See, I feel like I want the I want Tyrion falling for Danny. I want him falling for someone unattainable, and I want her to just not be into him because I feel like that's what should happen. Like, because he's so, um, it's. I mean, I, I guess I'm like picking on book Tyrion who is so picky that I kind of want someone to be like, no, I'm not interested in you, and you can't pay for me, and you can't have me. Well, remember his reaction when Sansa didn't want him? He was like, you know, mopey and sad. <laughs> and when I think of like and him and like, Penny in the books, and I just, you yeah. know, it's like I want him to see himself yeah. for how he is and not how he thinks he is in a bit, in a way. Yeah. You're so mean. <laughs> I know, I know. And also, and like, honestly, that way. <laughs> I, want Tyr- I want Tyrion. Like, I kind of want Peter Dinklage to, like, have something to freaking do. You didn't like the endless scenes of him sitting with no, Sunday and Grey Worm and drinking? My God, I couldn't get I enough of that. I think I made that. that painfully clear in all of the other podcasts, so I, I, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those um, scenarios where you had a big billing actor who was just had way too much. No, they could have given him out. stuff to do. They, I think they, so. Yes, I think if they had actually written dialogue that made sense or cleared up some plot or set the scene, it wouldn't have been nearly so painful as Peter Dinklage playing drinking games with these two people who really have no choice but be to be in the room with him. I think they could have done it. It it it's like just he dialogue. Hit on Miss Sunday at least. Like what the hell? Oh, <laughs> talk about yeah. <laughs> Just slowly Tyrion getting his mojo back. The advances get more and more awkward. Or, like, explore the <laughs> fact that he doesn't have his mojo back. Like, explore, you know, what's the effect of murdering his father and his lover? Like, did that just go away as soon as he got to Marine, and now it doesn't bother him anymore? Mm. Okay. <laughs> I think we can go on. Um <laughs> Okay, well, this is kind of a Tyrion-related question, and it's an anon from... We had two anons from Tumblr ask us the same question. Um, what do you think happened to that Tyrion C. Shea scene? I don't even remember what this was about. Do you guys... There was a oh, rumor. what's her name? Supposedly got cast again. Yeah. Remember the, that? There Sybil. was a rumor that that woman, they Sybil. cast her somehow. Sybil, I can't think of the woman who played Shay. Yeah, they said she was seen in, in, was it Spain or wherever they're filming, she was seen in the city. Supposedly, I don't know. I, I heard Can we just like chalk that up to a false rumor? I don't No, there's photographs of her and she appeared to be like in costume. So it could have been something that was like a, a dream she's an extra? or something that was cut or mm. she was an extra or they're just fucking with us. Oh, maybe she was an extra in that scene with uh, Yara and. Uh, Theon, you know, she totally could have been if they didn't. She's close, just you know, a random well. tavern winch that exactly like they just made a random poor. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there was something then that got cut. Oh, could yeah, it could have been cut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her name's Sybil Kikili. Shara yeah. has has posted. Okay, um, next question. Um, I have been expounding that Danny and the crew have swung by Sunspear to meet up with both Doran and Tyrell, Dor- Dorn and Tyrell fleets. So this is from Dad Z on Twitter. So he is saying I'm, that we're all assuming that, like, the end of the season was them, them leaving sailing Marine, out but of really Sun- it was them uh, sailing out of Sunspear. Which would make sense. I mean, it makes close, far more sense like, than Marine. Soon? Well, I mean, yeah, Kyle, show, take what, them, you, yeah, all what the show have you been watching? <laughs> well, no, I mean, no, I, I mean that makes that, that, that makes far more sense because they had uh, Tyrell ships and they had, um, well, whatever passes for House, House Mar- Martell ships there, and it makes more sense that they would have met up at Sunspear versus. Um, that those ships went way the hell out of their way to Marine. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's a list somewhere online. Does anyone know off the top of their head in chat, like how long it takes to get from um, Westeros? 
uh, to Maureen. Uh, uh, well, you know, like five I, minutes. I'm the show. Five minutes. minutes. In the book, <laughs> it's like months. So, it's yeah. like three months, okay. I think. Well, I mean, like, just to put this in perspective, when the, the, the first season of the show, they referenced that it took Robert and his court, like, months to get from King's Landing to Winterfell. Okay. That was back when they were trying to keep consistent with that. And then I mean, you've had you've had Littlefinger getting from here to there, I mean, all over the place, up to the wall, down to I mean So, so it would be imagine that the, the the whole ship the fleet sailing to Marine and then sailing back would be it. Do you guys really yeah. care about that though? Like I don't no, care. I don't care that timing's yeah, right. Like who cares? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, starting I, to shrug about it, yeah this point yeah no i don't care i actually appreciate it because i don't yeah like i we've there's enough travel logs like if you if you're interested in travel logs i suggest you read <laughs> the song of ice and fire books <laughs> it's not you know what i'm just going to say i just want consistency in my narrative and however you achieve that um that's fine. What draws me out of the narrative is when they set something up in one episode and then in the next episode, it's totally contradicted. So for me, it has nothing to do with a travelogue. It has nothing to do with the endless scenes of people on the road. It just has to do with maintaining that show continuity, which I don't think they've been very good at. So that's all I'm going to say on that. Well, we kind of answered Dad's other question with how do you folks reconcile the time stretch smush sitch? I am fine with it if you follow the sale theory. I don't know what the sale theory is, but for the most part, we're fine with it, um, except comma. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, like I think I, have, I agree uh, with comma. Uh, uh, I just... Chicky and Fugita are both on my side. Yes. Yeah. No, I yeah, agree well, with you. Not it's on just the of all of the issues. <laughs> it's the one that I, if, of various issues, it's one I don't care that much about. But, you know, yeah, it'd be it's nice jarring. if it were consistent. It is a bit jarring. There, there's some times where it's just ridiculous. Like um, Varys at the end of the season. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> he's here. He's there. The he's Varys all season, actually. Unless he's using his hands up his sleeves. Oh, my God. That would be great fan art. Like a Where's Waldo, but with Varys. <laughs> and all the different crowd scenes. Okay, so well, our next question is... could be using is... the magic candles at the Citadel, which would be interesting. But I, mean, I don't think they'll ever go to that level of magic on the show. Mm, I hope not. Okay, so our next question is from Dying Breed, XOXO on Tumblr. And the question is, when Danny and Tyrion arrive at King's Landing, will Jamie hand the throne over to them and head north with Brienne and the Lannister army to join the fight against the White Walkers? I mean, I kind of feel like he should be not there by then. I yeah. would hope so. I'd hope that he would slink away so that they didn't notice him. Yeah, or I think, like, because I, I sort of feel like if if I'm writing the show and I'm writing, like, the various conflicts to have Jamie still there with Cersei when Tyrion and Danny shows up, it sort of, like, makes all of the human conflict happen all at once. And it seems like it'd be better to have, like, the, Cer- the Cersei-Jamie conflict and then that ends, and then you have the next conflict between, you know, whichever of them is left, basically, and then the Danny Cersei team. But to have all four of them together, it, it seems like you're wasting like a really good, you're wasting some really good one-on-one or two-on-one scenes. Yeah, the only way I can see Jamie still being in King's Landing is if the Danny and Tyrion show up on like episode one, like, and they yeah. land. I don't think we're gonna get that. Yeah. Well, or if can't. he, you know, takes the throne from her. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, L is it L Tom? Is that how I say it? Um, Ugh. If we get four episodes of Jamie stroking Cersei, I'm going to need to have my psychologist <laughs> on speed dial. <laughs> I hope I didn't butcher your name. That's <laughs> great. I think it's I just think- mothful backwards. Wacky Goofball has a interest. She has a good point that you know, yeah, Cersei does. You know, Cersei's going to need people to talk to because she only has Kyburn, which I mean, Jamie's there for a little bit, but I do think that'll be interesting to see in season seven casting. If there's like a Tana Merriweather or a Harry Swift, like if there's characters that kind of match those descriptions, or even I mean, as much as it would kind of be annoying at this point, a Jenna Lannister. Um, just mm-hmm. some other characters that could be oh, part of the court that would have to interact with Cersei, um, particularly 
if Jamie kind of pieces out early. Yeah, I'd like that a new retinue of grovelers at yeah, Cersei's. Her I think the yes, grovelers yes, would be yes, really fun, actually, and I feel yeah. like they could write that well because they seem to like. You know, I think they could make that kind of funny. They certainly had, you know, basically like it's a new mace is what we're looking for. <laughs> and she needs friends, so it's, it's, oh my God, it would stop. work, right? Um, again, um, I, L. Tom says, I would love scenes of Cersei talking to herself. <laughs> <laughs> she, she could pet Sir Pounce like uh, Dr. Evil, what is Mr. B- Mr. Bigglesworth? <laughs> That dress in yeah, the, black the dress. metal. And oh, <laughs> it's perfect. God. Does look like a Bond villain. <laughs> okay. Um, next question is from Nat off Twitter. Um, do you think Brienne and Arya will meet up since they are on the same in the same area now? I mean, I'd be down for it. I don't know if it's going to happen. And I hope Brienne's like, should have, you know, should have went with me when you had the chance, bitch. Yeah. She'll be wearing another face, though. She won't even recognize. I could see that happening. Arya being disguised as someone else and seeing Brienne. But, hey. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if, you know, I mean, I have no idea what's going to happen to Brienne in Season 7. Like, is she going to get nabbed by the Brotherhood? And then, you know, will someone like Arya kind of save her ass? Or Melisandre? Or, you know, who? Or... Or what the hell? Like, are they just going to go north and we're going to get Brienne Tormund shit for episodes? Yeah, yeah, it almost feels like anything can happen. It's really hard to predict. Exactly. Yeah, really. She's gonna, I'm assuming she's going to run into someone, you know, on the way up, but who knows? You know she we're going to get, like, get a raven Brienne. to be like, you know, your dad is dying, like, you have to go to... Tar- like, I mean, literally, they could do anything. Who the hell knows? Littlefinger you know could we're come gonna... kill her? Like, I don't know. <laughs> You know we're gonna get more Brienne and Tormund shit, right? Of because it was we so are, popular it's just this season. God, to fucking kill me. Just prepare yourselves. This is all I'm cautioning. See, I'm not the only one. This is personally directed against. Yeah, I feel like the writers are personally victimizing me with that shit. <laughs> like anything that I've ever said mean about Brian Cogman on Twitter, like this is his revenge, which is like a fantastic <laughs> revenge on his part. Like I applaud it. It's like you kind of have to as hurtful it. as he possibly could be, but I do feel like this is why. <laughs> this is all your fault, Guile. <laughs> Pretty much. So we have you to blame. <laughs> so we have yep. a question from a non untumbler. Do you think that Brienne went to visit Hot Buy? And had too many pies, and that's why she was late for the Winterfell drama. That's my <laughs> guess, anyway. Like she had a chat. <laughs> yeah, she's I actually on the quiet aisle, recovering from like heartburn. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bloody fucks. So I don't know if you get that from hot pies. Contaminated hot pies. <laughs> well. Yes, you could. If the chicken or meat or wasn't properly prepared, you could totally get botulism or, or salmonella. It's totally I'm, I'm hoping she just didn't get a pie from the twins. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a question, as long as we're like sort of vaguely talking about the twins. are Do you think that we're supposed to assume that um, Arya released Edmure since we found out he was in the dungeon? Oh, Mm. Does she know he's in the dungeon? Yeah, yeah. yeah if she that, doesn't um, know, then she might not even have bothered no, I to even think go in the dungeon. She, I think overheard she overheard um, okay. Jamie and Bronn talking about mm-hmm. it. Uh, well, that, that would be the sensible thing to do if she could get her get him out of the. You know, I guess she'd kill somebody and get the key or whatever she needed to do. Yeah, that's a, so. I wonder if um, you know he's also going to be. I mean, it's sort of like is he going to be the, in there or is that actor just? You know, he's sort of beyond the success of Game of Thrones and they're not going to be able to get him? Like, I don't know. Uh, Tobias Menzies? I don't yeah. think he's got that. I mean, he, he works consistently, but I don't know that he's like... He's, he he's like um, huge his characters, right? Yeah, his character's dying on Outlander this uh, season oh, finale. Okay. is coming up this yeah. weekend, and he's going to die on that. So. Oh, yeah, he's playing Jack oh, Randall. No. But he's also playing Frank Randall, so no, he's still on Outlander, actually. Because okay. he's going to play the... Yeah, but isn't that kind of like this and that? that you it's, know, they yeah, do not... all his scenes pretty... Cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they would be. They would be Because a lot of the... To 1940s and 60s and all that kind of stuff, yeah. Well, 
a lot of the actors who've played, um, you know, like the sort of working actors who played in Game of Thrones have talked about, you know what, I show up for three weeks or two weeks, I do my stuff, and then I'm done. You know, like, and, those I mean, aren't the people yeah. who are all around the whole season. And I don't think even if they gave him more to do that he'd be one of those people in every episode i mean he'd probably have a couple of things i mean i like him but i just don't know that they'd really give that much more to edmure like what would they do you know i don't think i mean although i gotta tell you oh um someone on my tumblr like said something like i want a fic that is nothing but aria you know dragging edmure around and trying to consistently stop him from doing boneheaded things. <laughs> I would be down with that. I would love to watch that. That would be great. That's just me, though. I'm weird. I, see, there's a there's a comment in the chat, you know, can Edmure redeem himself? And I just, I'm going to have to stand up for Edmure again. Like, he has nothing to redeem himself for. He literally saved his entire, he saved his entire house. And yep. he had to humiliate himself to do it, but do it. I'm picking a lord that I'm going to be right. with. It's Edmure, and That's I don't. True. Know, he didn't. I don't he didn't think have he betrayed the Blackfish. Yeah. Edmure was yeah. the lord. The Blackfish betrayed him. Well, and anything. he didn't do anything. I mean, he got made fun of on the show for that incident with at the windmill, but it wasn't like you know Rob actually shared his battle plans with them. So not his problem, not yeah. his fault. Yeah, I think to point out all too, he the blackfish, he had an out, a couple of them. Like, he made his decision. And all he did, honestly, at the Red Wedding is he got married, and he was a little bit grousy about an arranged marriage. I mean, who wouldn't be? Then got into it, and he was off, you know, doing what he was supposed to be doing. How was he supposed to know what was going down? So, I, you're right. I mean, I was just being funny, but... Yeah, I mean he's a he's no, I really the right like thing. I really have a lot of sympathy and a lot of respect frankly for Admir and you know that might bite me in the ass at some point later on in the books but Okay, Wacky is... does point out the shit archer and yes that's true. Although honestly, again, it wasn't that was like a hard he was, shot. He wasn't trying to hit like <laughs> a target from 10 feet away. It was a his father on a barge, you know, as it's moving rapidly downstream. I mean I couldn't do that. I don't think a lot of people who do archery good. I love this. Bastion Moon is so upset with this line of conversation right now. <laughs> well, the, I mean, arguing, let's look buddy. at it. Okay, so Wonkins adds in that Jamie's threat was empty and Edmure fucked up. But was Jamie's threat empty? No. He just made a point of saying, you don't threaten somebody without following through. I don't know that Jamie's threat was completely empty. I don't think it no, was completely think- empty either. He wouldn't have tried to do it, but he or it. his baby. And I'm sorry, but uncle, you're going to die because that's well, my baby. Well, uncle didn't his... have to die. The blackfish yeah. made his own, made his that's own boat and true. sailed away, and you know, died. And he's in been it. in a dungeon. Did he say he was in a dungeon for what two or three years? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, you're going to be well, messed up psychologically. And from, it wasn't just have it wasn't <laughs> just his kid. It's all the people who serve under him. Right. All of it's his, his whole his serfs and his, his all of his people. Like of people. He, again, like very much like Jamie, he made a choice of mm. willing. He was willing to sacrifice his own honor for the greater good. Yeah. And okay. That, oh wow. He got passionate about Edmure here. So. Well, I just. <laughs> I, I mean, I have to say, like, I do think the Jamie Edmure scene was the best scene of the season, and I don't think it was particularly close. It was very good. So um, the Anon also continues on with thank you for another amazing season coverage and can't wait for next podcast. Also, any predictions on deleted scenes and potential history and lore videos on DVD? Um, I mean, have they done all the the lore at this point? I mean, I I guess, like, some of the stuff in the Citadel, have they done that before? Probably not. They could probably do some stuff with House Mormont. Oh, God, can you think of that Bella Ramsey doing the narration for... Oh, that'd be awesome. (laughs) That would be great. Okay. Uh, King's Landing stuff. Um, I'm going to back up a bit and argue Star had a question earlier. And her question was, did anyone else notice that when Cersei was going on her motive rant, she said nothing about actually loving Jamie, that he just felt good inside her? 
Well, that's that's accurate. I don't. Yeah, think that's she, she loves him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was actually one of those like instances of Cersei being Cersei and not Carol. Yeah. Yeah. So that's you know, I guess that's good. <laughs> Whatever she's Cersei. <laughs> so no qualms here. <laughs> um, next question we have is why did Tommen kill himself and why did Cersei not seem to care at all? What was her plan to be queen if Tommen didn't was her what was her plan to be queen if Tommen did didn't commit suicide? I just don't get it. On uh, inside the episode, Dan and the, the what's well, another one? David. They both uh, the what whichever one it was. Sorry, <laughs> hair and hair. 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 <laughs> I think hair said that. Um, you know, that Tommen would have lived if Cersei, like the whole point of the scene was that because Cersei was so intent on torturing Septa Unella and wasn't with Tommen, he killed himself. Like his take on it was, and I guess the way they wrote it was that Tommen wouldn't have killed himself if Cersei had been there with him. So I'm assuming the intention of the script was that Cersei was going to control Tommen then um, on the throne. And since he killed himself, then she couldn't. So, you know, she got the throne. Yeah, well, it would have been what the plan was before he married Marjorie, that she yeah, would have yeah. rolled through yeah. him um, and kept sidelining him. And he'd already proved that he was not particularly a strong king. So that probably would have continued to happen, at least on the show. And I think Tommen, too, like, there's a little moment when he, they find out about Tristane and, and Tommen says, did, you know, did my mother do it? And he so he knows exactly what Cersei's capable of. And I mean, yeah. he knows exactly who caused this. And it's like the tragedy of like, you know, these people that he loves and these people he cares about are killed by his by his mother. And, you know, it's it's that emotion. And then it's also like his failure as a king. Like he Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just I mean, it's every you know, there's never a good reason for a suicide, obviously. But I mean, you certainly can understand like the various emotions that, you know, poor little Tom Tom was going through. Yeah, Can we is- say, though, that Tolman should have taken a little bit of the fault on himself for not being nice enough to his oh, mom? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was joking, but yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You lost me. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I don't nice think the suicide angle was done particularly well. I didn't think he was written particularly well, and I don't think he was acted or directed particularly well. But the people in the chat room are are commenting on, uh, I think Wacky is saying, yeah, he takes off the Lannister chain, then the crowd, and then someone just said, which is a good point, oh, Bastion Moon, Tommen chose the one route, route that allowed him some control. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> tragically, that route led one only one way, a king landing. Oh, God. <laughs> Cold. Sorry. Ouch. Okay, so Allison Westrose asks, did Mace not break your hearts? God, I'm still crying about the looks he shared with Marge at the Sept. And poor Loris, I mean, I know they all went on to die, but that was so painful to watch him go through. Yeah, I mean, the thing about the Tyrells is that, you know, they're a family that sort of unabashedly loves each other and supports each other. And that's kind of, in the books, I think that's... um, you know, that's where some of their success comes from, is that they work extremely well as a unit, you know, compared to the Lannisters, who, you know, are diametrically opposed to each other, and that's kind of why they're falling apart. So, you know, it's sort of sad to see the Ty- you know, see this happen to the Tyrells, and not just from, like, a losing power perspective, but from a, you know, they love each other. Like, Mace loves Loras. Like, he's a dork, he's adult, but he loves yeah. his children. Yeah. Mace and was the death him. I was most upset about out of all so of those really characters. Hard, yeah. I really Ch- loved Mace, too. Chicky asked, why did Finn have to cut his hair for that? I like he him with the us. short hair, though. Him and Lancel both. Oh, he has gorgeous hair, though. He does, yeah. but he's got a gorgeous face as well. Like, it's all good. Short hair, long oh. hair. <laughs> You're not getting thrown out? <laughs> he is not. No. Um, she also adds, so Lancel's eyes lit by the wildfire is how I imagine Cersei in the books when she watches the Hand of the King's Tower burning. I love the episode that went down, but I do wish they'd, um, that they'd tapped into that crazy, almost aroused Cersei from the books watching the set blow up. I'm hoping that we can start getting the mad, fiery, unhinged Cersei in Season 7. I think we're all God, hoping for so that. Too. God, I would have loved if it if I she never was vaguely see- aroused. 
<laughs> just like touching God. herself. She's masturbating the window, <laughs> licking her lips or something. Happy flame. I would have been all over that. That would have been great. <laughs> I, I want. I'm telling you, if they're gonna make me love the show again, they gotta go full on like Maria Lowe. I'm gonna say this wrong. Maria La Del Barrio, like Soraya oh, with the scissors. Yeah, it, that's what I want. I want Telenovela. You want Soraya. Oh, yeah, I mean that was, was, I can't was the prime time. Something. They could do it. They could. T- they could do that now. This would be a perfect opening. <laughs> That's kind of why I almost feel like you Jamie know. does have to piece out fairly quickly. Is because his presence, I think, will hinge her a little bit. And if he's and not there, she can like go full batshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is she gonna kick him out? Is that gonna happen? I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I mean, I, and he could, you know, he could be there for all of season seven, be standing slightly behind her shoulder for all we know. Oh, oh man. I mean, I think oh, it could be I... anything. That might end me. I'll do to Jamie. <laughs> Chicky, he'll be there all season. Oh, Chicky, yeah, she's I, my, I she's say, my dark soul. I really think Chicky might be right on that. Oh, that he's going to be around. People are going to stop that chicky. No, that I will I, call him Maldita Jamie. <laughs> I all like, right. We have another question. I hope somebody read the Smashable articles because they're citing it. And identifies Cersei as the rightful heir via Tywin, but only because Jamie was a member of the Kingsguard at the time when the article was written. And I think they identified Danny as having a better claim than Jamie if she came back. Jamie no. has absolutely no claim to the throne whatsoever. <laughs> this all, I think it's a casterly rock, because this is what I'm trying to no. figure out. Oh, they're the, talking about the, the, the Iron Throne? No, there's something that apparently a, La- a Baratheon might have married a Lannister at some point, so the thought is that they might, the Lannisters might be the actual Baratheon heirs, but it's like, there's no actual like canon proof of who or what these people actually are. I, did I misunderstand? Are we talking about the throne, or are we talking yeah, about the, iron, the iron Throne? Okay, like I mean, I think she's yeah. got a claim because she did what Ilaria did. You know, she blew a bunch of stuff up in Ilaria's case a little differently, um, and has the throne by conquest. Um, but Danny certainly has a far better right to it, and certainly a better right than Robert ever did. Well, if we're gonna well, if talk you're going about- by the. If you're going by the Targaryen, you know, yeah, the, that yeah, the Targaryen but I mean, blood I think is the, the derivative whole point of it. is that all of that's been thrown out the window, that you have these crazy people who are, you know, again, blowing shit up literally and figuratively and taking right. I mean, over Cersei by conquest. Cersei has the throne by conquest. Yeah. Not because they're, they're there's some grass the first line. Targaryens did, right? <laughs> right. And yeah, exactly. And it, the Lannister, I mean... I suppose we could fan wank it that there was some distant relative, but the show has been very, they don't do that stuff. I mean, we may do that stuff. The books may do that stuff, but the show doesn't. I mean, based upon our book speculation, I mean, you know, it's, and I know obviously we're biased, but I mean, Danny's on the, if we take like the world of ice and fire genealogy and we take who's dead and who's alive and who's not in the show, Danny's heir is Solomon Tarth, most likely. That would be incredible. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, because everyone, all the Baratheons are dead, and all, and there's no Egan. John's a bastard. It's literally Solomon. That's amazing. And we are going to get somebody. Yeah, but that is if John was so um, much, right? (laughs) If if uh, what's his name, Rhaegar married uh, yeah. uh, Lyanna, then John is not a bastard. Right. Then it's John and Danny and Selwyn. And um, Selwyn's going to kick it. And oh, Brienne's he could ride the, the third dragon, guys. <laughs> Brienne could very well be a dragon rider. I mean, there's a reason that she was mentioned as, you know, Tarth had recent Targaryen ties. Like, she's going to have to have a big dragon because she's huge, but I mean, <laughs> she's, she literally she's could ride a dragon. Now. <laughs> oh, oh that's no. cool. I'm just envisioning Selwyn Tarth on a dragon. I'd, I'd actually prefer that to Brienne. 
Just because oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Rhea deserves all the things. Give her a fucking dragon. But I feel like Selwyn would be so delighted to have like this, you know, this older man that had all this personal tragedy with his wife and his children, and then he gets like a dragon. He'd just be like, "Oh, I have a dragon! This is awesome!" He would love it so much. <laughs> He'd use it to impress young girls. <laughs> so are, oh, God, are you shipping Trump. Selwyn and Danny now? Is oh God! <laughs> oh my God! Wait, I missed that. What? No, 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 no. She'd be, he'd be her heir or whatever. But that would mean he would get to ride a dragon. I would actually prefer that far much more to Tyrion or Arya or whatever the other plan was. I like this much better. This is a great fan theory. Okay, yeah, we are off the rails a bit, I think. I am putting on my tinfoil hat right now. All right, getting this train back on the tracks. Okay, um... Sorry, we're already shipping Danny and we're gone. We made the ship! I love it! Aaron at Rose of Tarth, so coming in from Twitter. Do you think I was right that Nikolai will start calling D&D at all hours of the night begging for Jamie's character arc? (laughs) I mean, he seemed pretty happy when he got, like, those three scenes of it this past season. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, like, his his other parts, like, the invented parts, were literally the worst possible things you could imagine. Hey, Nikolai, stand slightly behind Lena. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just stand there and, and, like, nod or, or tilt your head. <laughs> like, that's what he got to do. Let's hope. Maybe he can passively, aggressively, like prank them and stuff and make their lives miserable. Didn't he do that once with his yeah, hair or something? Hair. Well, he's got a goatee apparently now, so that's terrible, but... Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Alright, Dying Breed XOXO off Tumblr asks, um, is Jamie the rightful heir to the throne? Will he sit on the Iron Throne soon, and if so, will he knight Brienne and name her head of the King's Guard? <laughs> well, that'd be really short-sighted of him to name the woman he wants to have sex with to an order that doesn't allow her to have sex. <laughs> yes, I immediately regret know. this decision. <laughs> yeah, but that never stopped him before, so he won't. <laughs> yeah, that's just, yeah, that's just thinking plays by his own rules. <laughs> um, his, her next question is, um, is Jamie now in a love triangle with the most honorable woman in the world and the least honorable? Based on the show, it is a love triangle. The conversation at the wedding was classic love triangle. You love him, don't you? You know what I mean? With Cersei and was that season four? Yeah. Yep. I mean, it is a love triangle. There's no I mean, other way to. But does Cersei uh, have honor? I, I mean, I, does she? I mean, I guess not. Like, it's not a very honorable way to kill a bunch of people. Wait, no, what? she's the least no, honorable. She's no, no, no. Honorable. I'm just trying to. Th- I was just thinking in general if she's an honorable person. No. She's not a liar. Except to Cersei? No, she's not. No, this is not what we're talking about. Or you just, you're just, you've gone off on a tangent. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just kind of mulling if she's honorable or not. You're mulling if Cersei's honorable? Yeah. Um, Okay. I mean, I guess not. I'm going to go with no. Yeah, Yeah, I have to say no. I mean, I'm just curious, like, did the person have a problem if it is a love trial? I mean, it can't, I mean, you can't get around the fact that it, it could potentially end up being a love triangle of sorts in the books. I mean, it's not a bad thing that this exists that, you know, I mean, I don't know if they're saying like in a really tacky way, love triangle or, a, you know, I don't know. I guess the love triangle is three people and at least one of the people has to like one of the other people. So essentially we do have a love triangle. It we have, yeah. have a love triangle. It's anyway. Love you it or it. hate it. It yeah. makes her some fantastic gifts on Tumblr. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I guess everyone me, in the it's... chat room is, is coming out with the, except for one person. Um, it looks like everyone else is saying, no, Cersei is not honorable. I guess for and me, now like we're talking the... about geometry with the triangles and you've all lost me. <laughs> I'm not getting too deep. I'm just going a basic definition. If you want to get deep, then you could say no, it's not a. I guess, like, the idea of a triangle, though, I I sort of object to it a little bit in the show because I feel like the point isn't that Jamie chooses Cersei or he chooses Brienne. It's that Jamie chooses. I mean, this is going to sound like like Kelly in 90210. Jamie chooses Jamie. Like, he chooses to be 
the person that he wants to be, and it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with either woman. But that's not yeah. how the show's setting it up. I, mean, right. I, I know, and I, I wish that you. it wasn't. I 100%, yeah. yeah, I 100% agree with you. But that's, I'm just going by the show. But if you go by the books, then... Yeah. Book? Yeah. No, there's no triangle. Yeah. Show, definitely a triangle. Yeah, yeah, and I just, I wish it was more of the idea of Jamie choosing to be the person that yeah. Jamie is. I don't well, think that's his why evolution it, has to be tied to a romance. Yeah. That's why I was so annoyed that they didn't do the Riverlands the way they should have, because that is what the Riverlands arc is ultimately about. It's about him mm-hmm. coming to terms with who right. he is and what he's good at and him becoming and I maturing think little, and becoming yeah. a leader and all this stuff. And they kind of, we got that, that little conversation that with Walder was a, got it yeah. a little bit like that got to him seeing himself as, you know, he doesn't want to be seen like, well, oh, yeah, no, that's not, I, I loved is, everything you know? they did with that. I just think when I think of what we could have had yeah. and I think of what we could have seen Nick doing with that material to me, that would have been, well, infinitely I mean, more interesting yeah. than what we got. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's definitely up for it and he could have, I think he could have nailed it. Um, you know, in, in retrospect, they obviously made some huge airs with, you know, with Dorn, and then you know, I think in mm-hmm. in um, putting Sansa in Winterfell and putting Sansa in Winterfell ne- oh. necessitated changing Brienne and Jamie's story. So just season five—that's a huge mistake. Yeah, I mean, season, season five, five puts them off the rails. Fucked up everything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so, and now for a maybe cracky question: um, Since Ooh, Brienne okay. is all about honor, what would her thoughts be about premarital banging? Would the morning after be awkward as hell because Bran is organizing a wedding? Would a half-naked Jamie be running across some village trying to find a septon to marry them because Brienne wouldn't do it otherwise? I mean, I feel like if they if they bang, it's not going to be something that they're even thinking about. It's going to be like a, we were fighting and now we're fucking and like we yeah. never yeah. really talked about when it turned from one to the other or it's going to be like, we just survived something, and you or it's know, the end of the alive, world. Let's have yeah. yeah. I really don't see a paradise by the dashboard lights kind of situation at all. I don't think that would even come into play. Mm. I'm sorry. Did you just say a paradise by the dashboard light situation? This yeah. is maybe my favorite thing that you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> Stop Wonkins asks if anyone else is playing the close the door and come here drinking game. They just mentioned season five sucked. Drink. <laughs> Damn, I'm not. What else can we add to it? The lighting. If the lighting is bad, that's another one. The, the wake was terrible. The lighting is the free space, actually. <laughs> like it's a bingo. It's close the door and come here, bingo. And the lighting is the free space. <laughs> bingo cards. Oh my god. Oh, I wonder sorry. if you. Okay, you guys. Love. Next season, bingo cards. We're on. Yes. I love it. We could put it on Tumblr and well, no. How do you do that? Oh, we'll figure out the logistics later. <laughs> Oh my god, they're generators. We can totally do this, guys. Yes, we could. It's <laughs> awesome. All right. I don't so know. I mean, to- I again like Danny um Danny and says, I think Jamie admires Brienne's honor too much for premarital banging. Like I just don't I mean, if they think about it for one second, they're not gonna do it. Like I think they just have to like it it has to be not thinking. Yeah, it's gotta be here. Thinking moment, with yeah. their nether regions as they say. <laughs> <laughs> And I think Jamie plays by his own rules, so I don't know. I just think he's going to get it in, and I don't think he's going to. It's like it's not going to be a lot of thought. He's going to get it in, is he? Yeah, he's going to get it in. (laughs) Go, boy. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, just a general comment from Brienne of Tarth. I don't know why I even put it in here, but she just says "cheese boy for Rhaegar." (laughs) I thought it was funny. There you go. You know, a lot, there's a lot of speculation that they're going to have to um, do a Rhaegar cast for this coming season because of you know, they might have to show the tourney at Harrenhal. Platinum wig, oh my god. <laughs> and then Chikrin asks, nothing, this is all Chikrin sent in. Chicky's in the chat room, by the way. Her question to us on Tumblr was why, with like multiple question marks <laughs> and exclamation points. <laughs> Okay, I think so you question. must have been a horrible person in a past life, Chicky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
so hey guys, um, this is anonymous by the way from Tumblr. Hey guys, on the podcast you've mentioned for a while now that the costume designer has changed for this season, but I'm not sure that's true. On the title card, it still says Michelle Clapton, who's been the costumer since season one. Not sure if there's some things she still needs credit for or if she hasn't left at all, but thought I'd let you know. Ha! I have the link up right now. Uh, so I am prepared. Um, April Ferry replaced Michelle Clapton. However, because some of the things Michelle Clapton worked on um, are still being used in the show, like uh, I guess some of the jewelry, for instance, um, maybe some of the crowns, she still gets a credit. But the costume designer did change, and so I was right. And that's all that meant. No, um, <laughs> but um, that's why we're still seeing um, uh, Michelle Clapton's name. Um, her work is still being used, so they're, you know, doing that. Okay, good. I knew you were ready. I knew you'd be ready for that one, comma. <laughs> so uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up was um, we did a series of season six preview episodes leading up. And we're probably going to do them for seven again. I think they're in our schedule. But what was funny is we had a death pool going. Um, it was a prediction of who we thought were going to die. And in that episode, it was Chicky, Jinmo, Gato, myself, and Guile. Um, we had a three-way tie. So that was uh, Chicky. It was not you and I. Uh, we both predicted that Jora and Dario were going to die. <laughs> And, yeah. Chicky also. Okay, so Chicky's predictions were Pycelle, Jora, and Pod. Mine were Jora, oh, Dario, Chiki, and Oh, Chicky, you are dark. Poor <laughs> 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 Pod. <laughs> and my predictions was Jora, Dario, and Walder Frey. I'm the only one who said Walder Frey, by the way. God, everybody got thought Dario was going to get in. Yeah. Right? Well, everyone said Jora pretty much. Um, Guile, so you tied with um, Gato and Jinmo. You said Jora. Toman and Ramsey. Gatto said Ramsey, Jora, Loris, and Jinmo said Cersei, Toman, and Ramsey. So, I was wait, not so on yet, but I totally, had, <laughs> I totally had Roost down based entirely on his porn oh, mustache. mustache. Yeah. <laughs> I was not okay. on yet, but I just want that on the record. Uh, this is funny. We had one person predict, like, we asked, you know, are, is there going to be baning? Are we going to have Jamie and Brienne getting it on this season? One person predicted it for season six. Well, Who do you think it was? It was me, of course, right? Nope. Really? Oh, I'm shocked. <laughs> it, it was, was a It was Chicky. Oh, Chicky. <laughs> really? Wow. Yes. Really? <laughs> I wonder she said better. <laughs> Two seasons ago, she was like predicting it wouldn't happen. Did she say me? Me? Had to be me. <laughs> Poor Chicky. <laughs> okay so we have a question for the podcast and um it's from dad z on twitter also as a new and technically term elderly podcast listener how did you ladies transition from bloggish tumblr to podcasting there's probably alcohol involved i bet yeah tiny chat and alcohol um was the formula for this what this child is (laughs) that is podcast yeah. Also, you it, should know that I'm probably as elderly as you, whoever wrote that question. So, <laughs> yeah, no, we literally used to get into a chat room pretty much on a nightly basis. And we would, you know, this is how we would get our JB feels out and mm-hmm. other things. <laughs> um, I didn't even know what a podcast was whenever you asked me to be in this podcast. <laughs> So, yeah, it was just one of those drunken, brilliant ideas. Hey, we should have a podcast. Let's do it. And I immediately registered all the things. And <laughs> we quickly realized we needed kind of like a set of established people to do it consistently just for um, tech issues, I guess. Sound quality controls. And it's like a dance. So you kind of want people that have been doing it for weeks and weeks and weeks. So, um, But having people come in and join us on a weekly basis... Um, I think was I think was Chicky's idea, and I thought it was brilliant because um, it's really helped add flavor every week to our podcast. So for everyone that's ever been on it, we really like wholeheartedly thank you. Mm-hmm. Is that a good answer? Sure, I think yeah, it was yeah. wonderful. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I feel like 
Aw, love you guys. <laughs> um, okay, so I think I think we can do some mail. And is that you got that right, Ian? Yeah, we got a couple things from the mail. Um, we got an iTunes rating from a Jessica Dona, and it says a lovely podcast for everyone, not just JB fans. And we got five stars. Woohoo! And it says, I found this podcast after the reunion in season six. I had other podcasts about Game of Thrones that I listened to regularly. I was checking the Jamie X Brienne tag on Tumblr and found this podcast. I'm now listening to the backlog. Great commentary, and I love the host's personalities. As long as you post, I'll be listening. Aw, thank you. So nice. Mm-hmm. People are so nice. I know. No. You're the best listeners. It's awesome. Um, next one's from a D Nanner, and it says, I absolutely love you guys. I look forward to your spin on all things Game of Thrones every week. Thanks for keeping it real and hysterical while reviewing all of the craziness that is Game of Thrones. You each ha- have such unique perspectives, and that really makes this podcast stand out. From so many of the other fandom podcasts, I genuinely enjoy hearing what you each have to say. Also, all of the in-jokes, JB Love, the role-playing apps, there Mm -hmm. is so much to be obsessed with. Keep this up forever. Also, I can't wait for Chicky to come back. I've missed her take on the show. (laughs) We've missed Chicky. I know, we've missed Chicky, too. I've um, missed her wild speculations, <laughs> especially about JB banging. <laughs> yeah. And it's just as love you guys, and I'm pumped for the Dunkin' Egg Appalooza now that season six is over. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. And let's see. I should probably read that, huh? Yeah, <laughs> you might. I guess we need to we need to Yo. start reading this. I think this week, right? No, oh, we've got like three weeks three. before. It starts three August 1st. will be no. our first Dunkin' Egg. <laughs> no, you've got one week. That's the mentality you should have. Okay, one yes, one week. We need to start reading now. <laughs> Tonight, after this recording, we need to start reading. Um, Allison Westeros says, Hey, girly girls, and sometimes Watkins and Donkey Leg, thanks for the season six coverage. It's so much fun to watch and share with you. And a um, couple of things. Dunkin' Egg, yay. Um, top ten chapters from the books. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> Have you released the list yet? Where was the survey? I'm so lost. LOL. That's actually okay. a good question. Yeah. So we did assert we, this, um, this top ten episodes, which is going to be in three weeks. Um, we did assert it was supposed to be like actually before season six and it got delayed a couple of times. And um, so we did a survey of the greater fandom. So actually we were on the ace off Reddit even um, gosh, probably back in like December, January and tabulated up the survey and we will release the overall fandom. And then as well as the panelists and individuals um, along with the episode, because I don't want to completely spoil the results of the results of the poll before the episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, it'd be nice too for them to kind of get an idea of what what we've chosen, though, so they could I don't know reread along well, kind of thing. Oh my god! Okay, I give you a, a big spoiler hint. Oh my god! <laughs> um, spoiler: a lot of Jamie and Brian chapters were <laughs> in the top ten. <laughs> no, I think we can we can tell them the truth. Chat's prologue, right? <laughs> Ooh. I actually like Chet's Pearl. Actually, the, you know, it's really interesting, Someone and we'll get into it. Me. But, like, there's a huge, I think, and we did, it's not like we had, you know, thousands of responses, but I think something like, I think something like well over 100 different chapters were on people's top 10 list that answered the survey. So, I mean, it's really a testament to George's writing that the breadth of his writing um, had so many people that loved it. Uh, wasn't you know there were some chapters that you know were pretty strong, but I mean it was all over the place as far as what people picked, which is really impressive and really kind of cool that there are um, you know I, I think we're focused on Jamie and Brand of course, but you know there are a lot of people that love like some of the iron the um, 
the Greyjoy chapters and the Bran chapters and Danny chapters. I mean, there's just a lot of things that we don't necessarily talk about a lot, but they have like a really wide and really happy fan base as well. But a lot of Jamie and Bran chapters. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, obviously as well. But I mean, I think overall in the fandom, especially the Jamie chapters are, are generally really popular. Yeah, that's true. All right. Is that it for messages or do we got yeah, more? That's it. Okay. Wait, are um, we going to talk about? I got some things I want to mention. Um, we have um, up next for Close the Door, um, two fresh RPG episodes. Um, one of them is available on Patreon as of a few days ago, and I'll be putting the other one up this week. Um, after that, we have a special episode, as Guile has mentioned, the top ten chapters from A Song of Ice and Fire. We then head into the Dunk and Egg novellas, um, and that will take up most of our August and September. So read along with us, and you can also send us messages several ways uh close the door and at gmail.com close the door and come here.tumblr.com you can follow us on twitter at door podcast please subscribe like review us on itunes google music and youtube please also support us on patreon and i want to just take my time here to thank the couple of new patrons who we've gathered this past week we love you um oh and wendy pointed out that we got a cbc mention um, I think I mentioned it at the end of last week, but that really made my day. <laughs> we got a podcast recommend from the CBC article. That fucking rocked. <laughs> All right. Okay. Did I forget anything? Was there something I forgot, comma? Nope. Um, I think we I still we still have a, some spots available on the Dunkin' Egg episodes, um, particularly the ones in October, um, which would be, I think, or October or late September the ones that are for the mystery night. So if you were thinking about wanting to be on an episode, there are still some spots left. So let us out, let us know. Mm-hmm. Ooh, all right. Well, we did it. We survived another live cast. I want to Yay. thank all the people who joined us in the room tonight and everyone listening at home later. <laughs> but most of all, thank you, panel. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you. All right. All right. Closing the door. Get out.